0: Hey guys, welcome back to Bible & Coffee. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Hopefully you're doing good too. So today we're continuing on John chapter 2 verses 12 through... Let's see, let's see. Where are we going through? So it's going to be 12 through 18. And in this uh, today's episode, we're talking about how uh, Jesus clears the temple. And it's a very, very um, important part. Well, not very, um, everything's important, the Bible. <laughs> but um, this is a very uh, significant event that happens. And I'm very excited today. And I'm, and hopefully we both learned something new today. So I recommend you would take out um, a notebook, some pencils, highlighters, um, and your coffee especially. And so we can so we can, um, you know, take down some notes. Um, Update on my coffee, Uh, I can drink some coffee now. I no longer do the regular um, water, coffee, and then um, some creamer. Instead I put milk, (laughs) coffee, and creamer. Why? Because I feel like it dilutes it a little bit more. I still like it a bit bitter, but you know, I gotta, I gotta do what I gotta do. And it's a really good I really like it and you know hopefully you guys might try it so like I said verses 12 through 18 we are going to read today okay so like I said last week on Tuesday I am doing it a bit more different I'm reading all of the verses first and then going into the notes okay so when I say oh when it says um uh, the Passover of Jews or when he clears the courts I'm um, I'm gonna say what verse I'm referring to so you know what verse to um, jot down to okay? Okay so like always we'll start with a prayer and then we'll continue on okay. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for a wonderful day that you've given me today. I thank you for allowing me and the other person on the other side of the screen to be together in union to in, to read your Bible, to read your word um it says in your word that if is two or three are gathered around that you you will be there lord and i ask for you to please touch our hearts and touch our spirits lord help us truly understand what you are trying to say to us today so we can grow our faith lord so we can one day all of us can share the word lord even if we're professional or professionals or not lord i am no professional but i'm here with spreading your word and may it touch the right person today lord I thank you for everything. I ask for forgiveness also. Please forgive me for uh, for what I've done, Lord. Forgive me and cleanse my heart with your holy blood. Please forgive the other person on the other side of the screen. I don't know their heart like you do, Lord, but I, if they have something that they're struggling with, I ask that you please help them. I thank you for everything, Lord. May your name be the only one that we glorify and adore because you are holy, you are wonderful you made us lord and i thank you so much you are glorious my father and who i trust and and i i thank you for everything lord in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen amen okay so right here it's jesus clears the temple so, the magnificent temple that Jesus entered with his disciples was one rebuilt of the remnants of the Israelites who returned from Babylon under Ezra and Nehemiah. It was later enlarged by Herod. The Jews considered the temple to be God's house. The temple in Jerusalem was a familiar place to um, Jesus. You can see that in Luke uh, chapter 2, verse 41. So, there... Um, there it mentions early visits by mary and joseph to the holy city presumably jesus frequently frequently accompanied them on one of these occasions jesus called the temple his father's house but the arrival of jesus at the beginning of his ministry singled a change signaled a change the glory of god which had filled the holy shrine since the days of the exodus and the t- tabernacle was no longer in a, in the building that glory was in Jesus, though veiled within his humanity, a day would come, however, when that glory would be revealed, the day that Jesus' resurrection, the day when the Son of Man would be glorified. So that was the introduction, okay? So now I'm going to read verses 12 to 18, okay? And it says, After this he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers, and a few of his disciples, there he stayed for a few days. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. The temple cords he found men settling, selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all, of, all from the temple area, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold dove, he said, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. Then the Jews demanded of him, what miraculous signs can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Kind of, you know all of us might think, oh, Jesus wouldn't get mad. And then some of us might forget this specific um, event where Jesus was rightfully angered by this. Let's say an example, you went to um, to your father's house and you saw a bunch of delinquents just spraying the house and the father's just sitting there and you could rightfully get mad. And that's what Jesus was. He was getting these thieves out of his father's house. And right now, um, I'm searching on my phone because, like I said, this is the, uh, what is this version? The New International Version that I read and, oh, sorry, my voice. <laughs> and um, this, what is it? What verse was it? Um, Uh, verse 16 is very interesting because I know in another version it says very differently so I'm trying to find that because uh what in the new century version it says he said to those who were selling pigeons uh, take these things out of here don't make my father's house a place of buying and selling well here it says uh, into a market hmm I think I'm um, confusing this verse with another verse where it says don't make my father's house a house of thieves. Um in the King James version it doesn't say. Maybe it's later on. If you guys remember that verse where it says don't make my father's house a house of thieves. I think it might be later on, <laughs> but I'm not quite sure. Okay. So, and Capernaum because Jesus' home was based during his ministry in Galilee, located on a major trade route, it was important. It was an important city in the region, with a Roman garrison and a customs station at Capernaum. Matthew was also called to be a disciple. The city was also home of several disciples, like um, Matthew and a high-ranking government official. It had at least one major synagogue. Although Jesus made this city his base of operations in Galilee. He condemned it for the people's unbelief. Wow so Jesus, um, this was Jesus like um, almost like a hometown you know like in several places you have um, your main region and then like the area you grew up around so that was where you know he located it. So when it says the Passover of Jews, the Passover celebration took place in the yearly temple in Jerusalem. Every Jewish male was expected to to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem during this time. This was a week-long festival, and the Passover was one day, and the Feast of unleavened Bread lasted the rest of the week, and the entire week commemorated the freeing of the Jews of slavery in Egypt. And if you want to read that, that is in Exodus verse 12, no, chapter 12 verses 1 to 14. Uh, the, when the Jews were freed from slavery in, um, in Egypt, it's, it's, a, it's a really good story. And you know, <laughs> growing up in a Christian household, that was probably my favorite um, movie if you haven't seen The Prince of Egypt. It's an amazing movie and I recommend it. Is it um, historically correct? Um not quite you know but since it's for children they did leave out some specific parts other than um, one of the one of the what was it uh, the last I don't know why I'm forgetting the words the last plague but uh, you know because there they had like a nice brotherly bond and he didn't know his mom, but he technically didn't know his mom, so you know, it's like that. Um, so when Jesus went up to Jerusalem, Jerusalem was in was both the religious and political seat of um, Palestine. And the place where the Messiah was to arrive. The temple was located there and many Jewish families from all over the world traveled to Jerusalem during key feasts. The temple was on an imposing hill overlooking the city. Solomon had built the first temple on this site almost a thousand years ago in 949 B.C. But his temple had been destroyed by the Babylonians. So if you want to read that passage when they completely destroy um, the temple, that is going to be in 2 Kings verse 25. Uh, The temple was rebuilt in 515 B.C. and Herod the Great had recently remodeled it so uh so we're up to there that is some background history where it says when they destroyed it when they built it and it was completely remodeled and now we're going on to verse 14 where it says in the temple court he found men settling cattle sheep and doves and others sitting at tables exchanging money so, God had originally instructed the people of Israel to bring from their own flocks the best and for um, sacrifice. And there, I want to go to um, De- Deuteronomy. So, let's go to Deuteronomy. Sorry, guys. my <laughs> I accidentally couldn't find my my bookmark. So it's going to be Deuteronomy, verse 5? No? Yes. Wait. No. <laughs> um, chapter 12, verse 5 through 7. So it says, um, verse 5, verse 4. Okay. Okay. So Deuteronomy, verse tw- chapter 12, verses 5 through 7. And it says, But you are to seek the place of the Lord your God will choose from among all the tribes to put his name. There will be therefore his dwelling that to that place you must go. There bring your burnt offerings and sacrifices, your deeds and special gifts, what you have vowed to give and your free will offerings. And the firstborn of your herds and flocks, there in the presence of God, of the Lord your God, you and your family shall eat and shall rejoice in everything that you have put your hands be- to, because the Lord your God has blessed you. So, that's what it says in Deuteronomy verse 12, verse 5 through 7. Now let's go back to um, John. So this would make the sacrifices more personal. So it's like um, saying, um, you have a box of toys, a lot of toys, a lot of toys. And you just grab a random toy and you're like, here, that's my sacrifice. It wouldn't be much of a sacrifice if it didn't mean anything to you. So the real sacrifice would be grabbing your favorite toy, the best toy you have, and giving it to the Lord, or in that case, your parents. Uh, so the temple, but the temple priest instituted a market for buying sacrificial animals, so pilgrims would not have to bring their animals on a long journey. Given the distance traveled by pilgrims and to Jerusalem, the provision of, of of a local animal supply probably was well intended. But what had begun as a informal farmers market along the road coming into Jerusalem had gradually become an institutionalized. be gradually become institutionalized until it took up the very place of worship so they in the beginning when they um thought of this they might have been oh yeah a lot of people um travel far and wide and there's no cars uh there maybe the cattle might or the animal that they were sacrificing they might die and it would have been good they would have gone back come back And they're like, oh, we should, you know, sell some here. But soon it became completely just a big no. They had everything, they were stealing. They're like, oh, yeah, let's sell this on a higher price, even though it sucks. So, yeah. Um, In addition to the merchants and money um, chargers were dishonest. The business people selling these animals expected to turn turn a... expected to turn a profit the prices of sacrificial animals was at much higher the temple area than anywhere else in order to make a purchase the animals uh, travelers from other lands would need local currency and the temple tax had been sorry guys (laughs) and the temple tax had to be paid in local currency so changes, uh, charges exchanged foreign money, but made a huge profit by charging exorbitant exchange rates. So those who are studying money might know, um, the last few words that I said, but initially, uh, it became more expensive the closer you got to the temple because, uh, you would think that, uh, they're selling better stuff, they're selling better animals, you know, to initially give to the Lord, but... They were dishonest, they made prices higher, they wanted to get money. That's what the whole point was. It was no longer to glorify God, but to glorify themselves in getting more money and stealing from those who were coming far away because they didn't have the local money. Okay, so here it comes. Uh, Jesus was angry at the dishonest, greedy practices of money chargers and merchants, and he particularly disliked their presence on temple grounds. They were making a mockery of God's house of worship. The effect was somewhat like having a loan of officers at the back of our churches so that worshippers could obtain money to place in the offering plate. (coughs) Besides that, they had also set up a shop in the court of the Gentiles, making it full of merchants that foreigners found it difficult to worship. And worship was the main purpose for visiting the temple. Was all of the merchandise taking place in the area, all, um, with all the merchandise taking taking place in the area allotted for the Gentiles? How could they spend time with God in prayer? No wonder Jesus was angry. So the Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? You might think. I have a dictionary here, but it uses big, big words, and I needed a simple one. So Gentiles were people who weren't Jews, basically, who weren't, um, well, part of them. They were like uh, outsiders. And they decided to put all the merchandise there, and they're like, but we want to praise. And they're like, no, you can still praise. Just with a lot of people there. So right here, I searched it up in Google, it says Gentile, person who is, is not Jewish. The word uh, streamed from the Hebrew term goy, which means a nation, and was applied to both the Hebrew and other nation, plural, and then it goes to, into more um, where it comes from, okay? So that one it means, not Jewish. So here's a small segment where it says, why do you go to church? And this might be a bit more impactful to those who go to church and might not think of it much. Okay, so this really hit home for me. So, too many churches today. Uh, too many churches today do everything they can to make the time of worship convenient for people, and some people attend churches because they see it as a place for personal contacts or business advantages. But worshiping God is not always convenient. It demands true devotion and self-sacrifice. Nor is it for our own earthly advancement. Our focus should be on God alone. What is it says? Our focus should be on God alone. Not them, they, over there, here. No, just God. We are to worship sincerely, reveren- reverently, and humbly. That is not... To say that we cannot be excited or even zealous about God, but we are always to worship with reverence, recognizing and remembering who God is. Many radio, radio television ministries have become little more than a marketplace for religion. Some of these programs spend a great deal of air discussing premiums and offers. We can receive by sending in a donation that will be used to continue and increase programming so that more people can be contacted to send more money. Jesus would not condemn all fundraising, but when worship services are broadcasted for no apparent reason other than to raise money, we should be suspect. We should be suspect. Check with your church leaders to make sure the ministry you would like to support has validity that doesn't okay so when we say this um things get confusing when we give up offerings offerings are very different and that's a very big topic okay um there will be a certain point where i will get um get into the topic of offerings and when it says right here uh what about donations and then it becomes all of it it just becomes a big big mess but trust me, it's, uh, it's very clear. I just, um, <laughs> that's a, a huge different topic for another day. Okay, guys. And if you want to hear it, please tell me. Okay, when it says in verse 15, he made a whip of cords. Jesus' response to the discarnation um, uh, of the temple was deliberate and forceful. He was intent on scorning the temple, his messianic perjuring, perjuring of the temple was foretold in malachi verse 3 chapter 3 verse chapter 3 verses 1 through 3 and it says then suddenly the lord you are seeking will come to his temple the messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come says the lord almighty but who can endure the day of his coming who will stand when he appears for he will be like a refiner fire or a laundry soap he will sit as a refiner and purify of, purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. That's... wow. <laughs> so, this cleansing was significantly significantly appropriate during Passover because that was a time when all the Jews were supposed to cleanse their houses of all leaven which is yeast. Yeast was used to making bread but as God was preparing his people for their hasty exodus from Egypt he told them to make bread without leaven because they would be eating quickly and would not have time to wait for the bread to rise. During the feast of unleavened bread uh, no leaven was used to, um, in any baking. In fact it was not even to be found in Israelite homes. When it says, and drove all from the temple area, he scattered the coins of the money charges and overturned the tables. Jesus did not lose his temper. Let's make this clear. Jesus did not lose his temper. His actions expressed anger, but he was clearly in control of himself. Jesus was zealous for the reverence due to the Father, to God the Father, and he knew that the irrelevant marketplace within the very courts of God's temple would not be expelled without the use of force. Any view of God that suddenly makes him incapable of anger reduces him to a status equal sorry, <laughs> with pagan gods." Sorry guys, I did not know that my phone was not on silent. The God who is love, who chooses whether or not to be angry, is quite different from a God who is incapable of being angry. One is worthy of a respectful fear. The other is an impotent idol. When sin required anger, Jesus exercised the appropriate response. Verse 16, when it says, Stop making my father's house a marketplace. Jesus saw the temple as belonging to his father. His own rightful claim to ownership was unmistakable. But the religious leaders of the day were trespassers. Turning it into a place of business and money-making, people had created an environment that, in essence, put a price on what God intended to be free. Access to God is not for sale. Giving the imper impression that God's favor cannot be sought can be bought shows disrespect towards both gods and those he loves so right here when it says access to God is not for sale and it's when it says giving the impression that God's favor can be bought shows disrespect towards both God and those who love he loves that brings us to history 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 when they were um what was it that they were giving it was there's a certain name for it and if you know it please tell me um when the church this was based in europe when the church was giving out these things and i don't remember what they're called but essentially you can buy yourself out of sin like oh yeah i sinned yeah here's my money I'm forgiven, peace out, and people essentially did that like, yeah, I won't go to hell, I gave money, whatever. Yeah, I got divorced. Okay, so that was a bad example, because, you know, some things... Ugh! <laughs> um, so let's say, yeah, I killed somebody, I paid money. No problemo. I am forgiven. No, that's not it. That If you kill somebody, you have to ask for forgiveness, not pay. And just keep on doing it, that's a big no-no. Okay? Oh, <laughs> I was about to talk and I started choking. <clears throat> so, according to the other three gospels, Jesus invited visited the temple again and cleansed it during his final visit to Jerusalem during the Passover, just prior to his crucifixion. Verse 17, It was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. I'm so sorry. Okay, this quote from Psalms 69 verse 9 was thought to refer not only to the uh, psalmist, but also to the coming of the Messiah. His incredible zeal for God and and for purity of worship would endanger his life. In fact, Jesus was perceived as a threat to religious establishments, and this was directed uh, was the direct cause of his death. Death. Um, the disciples, probably as much as any people, but then present, must have been shocked at Jesus' display of anger. But John reported that they remembered God's words when and saw the action as God ordained. The exact time when they recalled God's word is unclear. In any case, they didn't fully understand the implications of Jesus' words until later. The Jews, as John calls them, were less than eager to agree with Jesus' implied judgment. Offended by Jesus' action, they demanded a sign that proved his right to act in such a rash way. John regularly makes this use the term of Jews to stand as the leaders or representatives of the Jews. It is used; its use is much not much uh, an in, in the, uh, I'm sorry. It, it its use is not so much an indictment of a nation as a whole, but for those leaders who were guilty of misleading the people miraculous signs can you show us in verse 18 the hard-hearted people of jesus day continually asked jesus to give them some spectacular sign to prove his authority and demonstrate that he was a messiah jesus was the jews were so notorious for being sign seekers that paul could say the jews demanded miraculous signs in his parable of the rich man and and Lazarus. Jesus made the point that those unwilling to believe will not be convinced by signs. His applications were both pointed, to, pointed and profet- prophetic. If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced even if someone raise, raises from the dead. Jesus would not give his generation that kind of sign they demanded. He himself was a sign. For he was a son of god come from heaven to earth this would be known to all after his resurrection this would be the ultimate sign he would give israel and all mankind okay so people just like wanted hey show me a sign show me a sign let me see bet i don't think you're the messiah show me a sign huh show me a sign and Jesus, like, I am the sign, boy. I am the sign. There's so many things that pointed him. Every single prophecy, Jesus just like, check, check. Oh yeah, I was born here. Check. Yep, I'm from this lineage. Check. Yep. Check, 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 check. And everybody's just like, y'all see something? I don't see anything. And he was the sign, and people decided to just not, not even. Blink. It's like, I don't see no sign. I just see a man. But this man is very special. Because he is the son of God. 100% man and 100% human. Human who, that means, you know what that means? That he knows what we're going through. He, he feels our pain. He understands. And that's the beauty of that sign. It's the best sign you could ever have because this would be the ultimate sign that he would give israel and all mankind there's no bigger sign than that than he came and now we're just waiting for his second coming the coming that we're all waiting for and we're all just desperately just let's go let's go let's go at the same time please stop hold up (laughs) because it could be very scary it's, it's gonna be a scary moment for the rest of mankind who might not know that's why we are spreading the word There's a last segment that I wanted to read called cheap worship harsh title. I know (laughs) Okay, so it says we have so many opportunities for worship that we may trivialize its importance we frankly Have a difficult time identifying with believers elsewhere in the world who worship under the threat of pain imprisonment and even death the faith of these believers is portrayed by exuberant seriousness and reverence in the worship despite their environment. Too often for us, worship seems nothing more than Christians getting together for fellowship to learn from each other and to help each other. While all of that is good, it may not be true worship. If God is not the focus, the church is in danger of becoming nothing more than a seri- service club. Then what is true worship, you might ask? True worship focuses on God, the one who is is to be worshiped. When Christians gather to worship, that is, to meet with God and their deepest needs and hungers are satisfied, for they are in touch with the Creator. We do not dare cheapen this truly miraculous and intimate privilege called worship. Jesus was angered by the actions and the attitudes that cheapened worship. And we must take care not to let such actions and attitudes into our church. How would Jesus respond to the worship in your church if you were to visit this Sunday? Would he think that this is just a cheapened worship? That you just come here to say hi to your friends and us? No. God has to be the focus so don't focus on oh wow you know the worship singer seems kind of off today oh you know the lady next to me she's not giving it all she's got oh you see that guy he's sleeping oh not wearing regular you know service clothes kind of weird no don't focus on that just focus on god don't think if you are the worship leader or if you are the one preaching just you know As a worship leader, just close your eyes, it's the best you can do. Sometimes there's that one person who stares at you, it's like, ah, don't look at me, please. I I can't do that. (laughs) Just don't focus on them. Focus on the Lord. It's a thing between you and the Lord and nobody else. If you're the one seeing up there, if you're part of the Course, just close your eyes. Focus on the Lord. You're gonna hear comments and you just focus on the Lord. It's for the Lord. It's not for the people. It's for the Lord. And if you're the person, um, you know, sitting down, focus on the Lord. Don't focus on, you know, the kid just staring at you like death glare full on. Just just look at the Lord, you know, stare right on the head. Don't be like, wow, you know, it's going to smell like food. Who brought food? No, it's going to, yeah, it's going to smell good. (laughs) But focus on the Lord. Don't cheapen worship. Worship should be to praise the Lord for everything that he's done for you. Being alive right now is a miracle. He could have said, "Okay, you know, Sarah, yeah, uh, we're gonna end it right here." Okay, bring up Sarah. I wanna, I wanna talk to her. <laughs> you know, it's between you and him. You know, we're not promised every day. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not, and we make plans for next year. Like, yeah, next year, watch me. <laughs> you know, first God and then let's see if it happens. And it's a good way to remind yourself, you know, you say, uh, first God, and maybe tomorrow we'll do something else. And First God, uh, my mom started (laughs) recently doing that. She's like, in Spanish, primero Dios, and we'll do something tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, primero Dios, first God. And I started to adapt that saying because it reminds me, hey, put God in your every moment, because sometimes we're like, our mind drifts and we, We don't put god into every moment of our life as we should so saying that when you're making plans you know remember god before anything else and those who are young remember god in your when you're young as you know i need to remember god when i'm still young i technically still young you know (laughs) but you know remember remember god don't cheapen worship when you're at church i know some might do you know, um, online some might go into the cards and hear from outside. Some of you might be still right now going. And either way, no matter what place you're at, don't cheapen your worship. Let your focus be on God. And that's that's the lesson. Focus on worship. For focus on I mean on God. So yeah. That's gonna be it for today guys. And I hope you really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but like always, it's for the Lord, and always really it touched the right person, and I'm, <laughs> I'm really happy. Um, you know, I have some time also. Uh tomorrow we will be doing uh, verses nineteen through, let's see, twenty-five, and then we're going on to chapter three uh some of these chapters are getting quite small well chapter three is going to be pretty long but you know it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun uh you know later today i have um have an appointment on zoom with uh sandbridge university those who live in orange county area and i'm quite nervous you know <laughs> like I said in that saying um, first God you know first God and hopefully again it's difficult since money and you know it's just like I don't want to worry about money but I'm kind of worried about money what do I do leave it out to God pray and oh my gosh praying praying is something I have difficulty with and if you have difficulty with it you know uh, uh, I heard this pastor once while I was um on on social media, and it said, "When you don't want to pray, that's when you need to pray the most." You know, when you don't feel like it, that's when you need it the most. Don't wait. Um, I know this is, might not sound like the best I'm um, saying, but I'm gonna say it. You know, being honest with you guys, I when I um. Say, I don't wanna pray, I'm tired, I'm really tired. I did this, this, and I'm like, don't give excuses, Sarah, first of all. And then I say this one thing that might not sound the best, but it says don't wait for it. don't wait for your next breakdown. Don't wait for your next mental breakdown. Don't wait next for your next um panic attack. Don't wait for the next. Pray now. But sometimes I break down in certain moments because I've had enough. And sometimes there are moments where I don't pray and I pray in the mornings, of course, because um, I'm wide awake, but it's during the nights where I I really want to pray because everything's quiet, there's nobody here, and I have time to be intimate with the Lord. And then (laughs) I'm like, oh, tired. I pray while laying down. I'm like, mistake. Kneel down, guys. (laughs) Because, you know, laying down and praying is, it's not, it's not it. Trust me but yeah don't wait for the next pray now pray even if you don't feel like it just talk to the lord um I, I remember putting in a song a couple days ago you know uh, where it says uh, if you love me then just love me um you don't have to give me pretty words lay your life down at the altar let me see how serious you are and I really like that song you know you know Cause if you love me, then just love me. Don't you give me pretty words. Lay your life down at the altar. And then it goes upwards. <laughs> um, and it's the perspective of, you know, the Lord where it says, you don't have to give me pretty words. So, um, at the beginning of this journey of podcasting, uh, I didn't know how to speak. Right now my voice sounds much better than it did last week. And I'm thankful, I'm very much thankful, but I didn't know how because I thought I had to add more and more and, you know, it doesn't have to be all pretty words, No pretty words and soft-spoken and, you know, as you all know, I'm a stuttering mess sometimes and sometimes I don't know how to pronounce certain things and sometimes I all of a sudden have a lisp, (laughs) but it's all for the Lord. I thank you guys for this journey. I really do. And I hope you can join me next week. So let's end with a prayer, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for another wonderful day. Another wonderful day to learn about your your word and to truly dive in. I thank you for allowing me and the other person on this side to, to learn more about you today. And I ask that you please take care of the other person on the other side of the screen. Please help them in whatever they're struggling with. Keep them safe, Lord them um, strive on getting closer to you Lord and understanding you more as the same for me Lord please keep me safe and help me throughout my journey and I thank you for everything that you've done Lord I mean your name be the only one that we glorify and adore maybe the, the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit amen amen guys so like I said next week is 9 uh, 19 through 25 and then we're going on to chapter f- 3 first God <laughs> firstly God Or the first God. Those who know better English than me, please tell me. So, I'll see you tomorrow in Bible Coffee. Bye-bye, guys.